So today and tomorrow there'll be the Korea Research Fellow 2019 held in Seoul, organised by the Korean Culture and Information Service. In this event, ten global curators will sit together with local curators to exchange their expertise and views on various aspects of art and culture. And we've got the chance to speak with a couple of guest speakers at the event who are visiting Seoul. Among them, first of all, Danish curator Louise Larsen Iverson. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Such an honor to be invited. <laughs> uh, well, it's our pleasure. I'm sure. Um, so you're from Denmark, which is known as a happy country that's envied for its happiness by many people around the world, including ourselves. Books have been written on the subject, and according to the World Happiness Report, happiness is itself closely linked to social equality and community spirit. Now, having said that, what role does art play? That is a very good and a very difficult question, I'd say. Looking at it from a Danish perspective, I think that being gifted with the title of being the happiest country in the world was kind of a surprise, to be honest. Um, it wasn't necessarily a self-image that we had, but... Of course, it created a lot of pride in being Danish and what we have achieved. I think the level of happiness has to do with a high level of trust in government and in the people around us, an idea that everything will be okay. And this, of course, also influences the art world. But again, talking from a Danish perspective, I think there is actually kind of a paradox in between the role of art in Denmark and also uh, happiness, because there is a strong disinterest in financing and preserving art and culture in Denmark in these exact times. And on the other hand, we haven't had more people going to museums and consuming art as we have now. But your question actually was, does it make people happy? And does it make the Danish people happy? And I definitely think that it does, even when people don't necessarily realize it, that it is actually something that shapes our culture and identity. But I think what art can also do, and what is as important, is that it can really... Uh, good art can make us wonder and it can make us question the world around us and maybe see it in, in new and different ways. Yeah, I mean, listening to you talk, it's very interesting because mass data doesn't tell us always a lot about the individual experience and art comes from a place of all sorts of emotions rather than mm. just fleeting happiness. And you run this non-profit exhibition space called Meter. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, it's a space that started in 2017 with a program in which we wanted to look critically at structures in our society through art. And to us, this was and is a celebration of art and culture's role and influence on society, but also as art as a bearer of witness and uh, a processing tool for what is happening around us and what has happened to history. And that's, that's actually what we have worked with a lot within our exhibitions, is both questioning our own narrative, the Danish narrative, both past and present, but also look at structures in society with wonder. And I guess you can actually call it a, an activist 
space as much as also an art space because we work to create an art program in which there is equal representation of men and women, but also ensuring the participation of different minorities like ethnic or sexual minorities, but also people with disability to kind of introduce these different perspectives on the world, but also shared, you know, because... Uh, we're more equal than we actually sometimes believe that we are. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just finish with your expectations for taking part in this year's event here in Seoul and, and for your trip generally. Yes, I look so much forward to it. I think that my main goal for the trip is just to learn a lot and be inspired by my colleagues and to get to know the Korean art scene. And the bonus of the trip, of course, is that I get the possibility to be a tourist in Seoul and in autumn, which I've heard is really beautiful in Korea. So I look very much forward to that. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts. We've managed to squeeze in a whole range of topics in a relatively short time. <laughs> for now, Danish curator <laughs> Louise lassen Everson. <laughs> Thank you. And let's also bring in Dr. Nadav Hockman, co-founder of the Tech and Arts Initiative, also joining us from Seoul. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for speaking with me, Alex. And from a curator's perspective, what's your impression of Seoul so far? Oh, uh, I would say that the most striking elements I've noticed in the past few days since I came to Seoul was uh, the Hangul, of course, the Korean writing system, which is such a beautiful writing system with really modern qualities. Um, the different neighborhoods with distinct characteristics and layers of history, and also, of course, the pop culture vibes, the retail, dress style. Everything feels very poppy, and it's, uh, and it's really fun. In one interview, you were calling for greater involvement of artists in the technology development stage, which might be particularly relevant for us here. C- can you tell us a bit more about your view of that link between art and technology? Of course. Uh, I think that the link between art and tech has always been there. Um, artists have always used technology for their productions. If you look at sculptures, to paintings, to photography, video, and now new forms of media, by doing so, um, artists have also explored new forms of expression um, and expanded the range of their subject matter, um, of, their, you know, of what they're trying to investigate. Um, and if art is all about representing and questioning the human condition, um, in our times, artists have to use and comment on emerging technologies uh, in order to say something significant about our you know, uh, current realities. So I truly believe that artists can have a significant contribution to the development of more humanized, imaginative, and really responsible new technologies if we really allow them to get involved. Let's look at an example Perhaps you can tell us a bit more about Reality Redrawn, held at the Tech Museum of Innovation in San Jose last year. Oh, yeah, that was a, a fascinating project, um, which was an interactive digital art exhibit around misinformation and fake news, uh, which at the time, and still is, a very worrisome phenomena. Um, and as with most of my work in the past years, the installations were developed in collaboration with a tech company, in this case, Mozilla, uh, we selected five artists from around the world to develop artistic experiences that deal with this uh, increasing, increasingly relevant uh, phenomena from social, technological, and cultural perspectives. Uh, what makes 
this interactive work project artwork, oh. though? Like, I mean, it's very difficult generally, isn't it, to draw the lines between expression and art where they overlap? Yes, that's uh, that is almost the oldest question in the book. Uh, um, I would say that the answer to that question depends on on both things: on the creator's intention, on the artist, uh, and on institutional recognition. And if even just one of these requirements apply, uh, I think we can treat it as a work of art. Um, so we can look at the artist's intention, institutional recognition, and see. Um, how these are defined by both factors. Yeah, because c- in the world of tech, you could say someone might love their smartphone or their laptop as design, and they might say, oh, this is a work of art. But if the big tech giant that made it didn't consider it to be art, but rather considered it to be just a laptop or a smartphone, course, doesn't doesn't seem like it's really art then, does it? Yes, of course. That's why we have uh, you know the art world, and we have curators, and we have institutions, so the, the the play between the two, between the intention and the institutional recognition, is what gives it the recognition as a work of art. Um, but it is, it's a tricky question, and we will continue to grapple with it until, you know, uh, for many, many years to come. Yeah, I, and it's true of old cars as well. I mean, sometimes age brings an artistic feature to a car that was initially more functional. Um we could go in all sorts of tangents, but speaking of art, in the last century, a uh, new technology like uh, camera and photography brought about a huge change as well. And you've done some research on the use of social media. So how's this space, the internet, impacting contemporary art? Oh, well, um, the, you know, the internet and social media have really changed the creation and consumption of uh, culture globally. Uh, the contemporary visual art has been responding to these changes constantly, and you can see it in the content, uh, in the way art is disseminated and consumed, in the visual literacy of both artists and consumers. Um, we are all shaping this new form of communication, uh, and artists are taking an active part in that by using it both as a platform, but also as a source material for their work. Um, and this is... Uh, I will present some of these uh, examples, specific examples for that uh, in the conference uh, that we're going to have uh, in the coming days. And, and there's one specific project that I wanted to ask about, which is huge in its context. Um, two million Instagram images from 13 cities telling the visual stories of those places. Oh, yeah, that is a project that we started uh, in 2012, uh, right after Instagram, um, uh, started, um, and we were interested to see how the availability of millions of photos from so many people uh, from so many different locations all over the world can open up new questions and discoveries uh, about our global cultures. Um, so working with collaboration, again, with engineers, designers, art historians, uh, we developed tools that allow you to visualize Million, million of photos um, that in, really enable you to see different patterns in the data, ask new questions, and hopefully provide some new answers. And um, if you're interested, the projects are all online, and you can really view high-resolution visualizations of millions of Instagram photos in one image. You can zoom in and out um, from all over the world. Um, and the visualizations, the images, are organized by subject matter. So, for example, you can see differences in the ways 
people take selfies all over the world um, and how that what does that mean for our local cultures uh, you can also see millions of photos organized by different colors different aesthetic choices uh, and it really gives you um, it's unfolded it unfolded differences that, uh, of local cultures uh, between different uh, locations right well Good luck, by the way, Dr. Hockman, for, for your participation in the Research Fellow 2019 event in Seoul, and your stay here in Korea. Much. Yeah. Um, so the, the Korean Research Fellow Program is, going to take, is taking place today and tomorrow, um, and I'm really grateful to be part of a group from all, about, all, over, all, over, all around the world, right. from Asia and the West, uh, and I expect to learn more uh, about lots of different perspectives of contemporary curatorial practices. Well, we've got to leave it there, but thanks again for joining us. Thank you very much, Alex.